Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley DiMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of November 23rd, the 34th week in ordinary time. It is also Christ the King, ruler of the universe, um, that we celebrated on Sunday. The Irish are 10 and 1 after uh, a pretty good beating of the Yellow Jackets from Georgia Tech. I was at that game. It was mighty cold, as most Notre Dame games are in November, um, which I, I really did me in, and I have to say, I got home from the game, and uh, I went right to bed. I um, It was my head. It was my stomach. It was fatigue. It was the cold. Let me tell you, I am not a college student anymore. How are you? I'm good, Haley. Um, yes, looking forward to talking a little bit about that game and the fact that I don't go to football games in November in South Bend. Okay, that's a, a rule that I maintained. However, I will be seeing them this Saturday in Palo Alto, which is a slightly different temperature. I um, look forward to talking to you about Thanksgiving, a little bit about, you know, we've talked about this holiday season and of course, the reading on Sunday, which is, I don't know if it's always the same, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. So um, talk to me, Haley, what are, what's in store for Thanksgiving? Or, you know, you went to Mass, you said on Saturday, maybe after the game, um, fill us in. Yeah, I will. And I'll, um, I'll t- think I'll talk about Mass during our spiritual stew, because um, it was, it's, the whole thing's kind of, kind of neat and special to me. But we did. We went to Notre Dame this weekend. My husband has a rule. He does not go to football games in South Bend in November either. That's, ah, that stems man. from our freshman year. Uh, freshman year, November 1991, uh, Notre Dame played Navy. I believe it was November 2nd. It was the first weekend in November. I think it was negative 20 at kickoff with wind chill. Uh, most people who were there will tell you it's the coldest they've ever been. Um, kind of a mm. funny side note to that. It was um, parents weekend back when they had that. They don't really have that anymore. Um, hmm. And there was a squirrel that chewed through some sort of line to the generator and the entire campus lost power. So even oh my goodness. Yeah, even the lights oh on the dome. So it was it was cold. It was just a crazy weekend. Um, but so ever since then, Jamie has declared since he graduated that he will not go back to a game in November in Notre at Notre Dame Stadium. However, as you know and and our listeners know, Edward, our youngest, has been playing water polo all fall. So November was really the only time we could get back to campus. So this was actually my mm-hmm. first home game in two years, um, as I know it was wow. when you went too. Um, so really fun to be back on campus, really fun to be in the stadium, um, you know, to just kind of watch the, the fans, um, you know, watch the students that you don't get to see. They have kind of fun traditions, clearly, that they do during commercials. The marshmallows? You, yeah, that you don't get to see. The marshmallows were being thrown around. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's our home away from home. So it was, it was neat to be there. Um, and then, you know, it's Thanksgiving. So we jumped right yeah. back in. Thank goodness for my 16 hour sleep on Sunday. Um, mm. you know, we just wrapped up school on Tuesday this week and we head into Thanksgiving, which, you know, this is our month of thanks and saints, right? Um, That's right. You got it. Yeah. 
and I so can't believe I'm, it's here. Yeah, I know, I know, and I want to talk about that. But it's interesting, Haley, because my hard and fast rule of no November games also emanates from a Navy game. Interesting. So I don't know if it was my senior na- year or because I'm a year behind you. Is Jamie the same year as you, or is he a year ahead of you? He's same year as I. Okay, so. I don't know if it's my senior year or if it was a year after I graduated. I can't remember because my parents did come to South Bend for a game even after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I think it was my senior year and it was also Navy game and it was so unbelievably cold. Like we were in the bathroom for like an extended period of time, just like using the hand warmer to stay warm. My mom and I, like, I remember that. So poor Navy. I don't know if they bring that to us. <laughs> it was clearly a parents weekend as well. So I can appreciate that. Um, this Saturday's game will be at 5 PM, which a lot of people are happy about. It was just announced this past week. Stanford is not a good team this year. Um, it does allow people to tailgate uh, more. It just means it's colder. So I don't know. You get one versus the other, but I just left Bev Moe. I had to pick up some libations for Thanksgiving and I picked up a bottle of um, fireball. Okay. Mm. So fireball seems to be a crowd pleaser. (laughs) It's for our listeners who don't know, it's basically like cinnamon mouthwash, but it's whiskey and it's totally low grade. And it's so funny, Haley, how many people love it. Like you'd be shocked. Like some of the more highbrow people, like have been known not to turn it down. And I'm going to bring this full circle when you talked about students and their traditions, you know, there's always this concern today that the students aren't like students of the past that, you know, they're whatever, smarter, they work harder, they're less fun, less spontaneous, maybe more privileged, blah, blah, blah. Well, I would like to report some things don't change. Um, A friend came, one of the games I went to recently was the USC game. A friend came and he brought a buddy who showed up at this tailgate and he brought a brown bag and inside of it was a big bottle of fireball. And we set it down to like talk to my aunt and uncle. And when we came back, it was gone. And I said, I am so proud of those students. I'm glad (laughs) that they just picked it up and walked away with that brown bag because that's what I certainly would have done, which is so inappropriate but so appropriate at the same time. So, um, yeah, I will partake in a little fireball this Saturday. It does keep you warm. Um, that'll be one of our tailgating traditions. Well, I can assure you, having walked through and hosting our own tailgate this past weekend, that, um, yeah, tailgating is alive and well at Notre Dame Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know what's interesting is it's – also a tradition and i don't know if this is true at your boys school i don't know if they had a football team it's actually like almost a problem we have so many parents that tailgate for before before our home high football school games oh at, yes before high school and it's not just the school i work at this yeah. is at a couple of other schools and i'm just i i mean i am 100 percent for tailgating like i've asked the question what came first the tailgate or the game like ha ha but I don't, I don't know why, but I do feel strongly about this. I do not believe a high school game is the appropriate venue for tailgating. Why is it okay with college? To me, it's not okay with high school. High school kids are already tempted to drink. I don't want any modeling. Is that what it is? 
Well, you know, I don't know. That's actually a really interesting question. We, well, I say we don't have that problem here. I'm sure that's a very naive statement. Um, I've never heard of it at my boys' school. I've never, um, it wouldn't have even crossed my mind. So I've never, you know, even of our friends who have kids at different high schools, um, you know, football's really big here, but I haven't heard of the tailgating issue. We also have some day games on Saturdays. They aren't always at night. Maybe they're mm-hmm. drink, you know, maybe they're tailgating before your day yeah. games too. But here's what I will tell you. Um, you know, we live in a coastal town. You know, we live on the Chesapeake Bay. Boating here is really big. Um, tailgating is not. And I, I, I say that and then I'm going to take it back for a second. So when we first moved here, we started going to Navy football games because we love college football. We love the Naval Academy. We love to tailgate. It's it's not even just about drinking, right? It's about getting together, having a good time, being yep. outside. And and we it's inter- casual, right? Right. Show it, up, it's just it's it's family fun. time. Um and and we introduced tailgating to all of our friends here. You know, they they are boaters on a Saturday in the fall, they're going on their boat and looking at the fall leaves. We had to we had to convince them that coming to a Navy football game and tailgating was just as fun. Um, and and so we introduced that. Obviously, it was going on here, but at least you know with with our circle of friends, we introduced tailgating to them. So I I think I it's not it's not as big in the culture here as clearly it sounds like it is there. Um, but I don't know. I think you know clearly half of all undergrads are underage, so it's not like we're, you yeah, know, you're, know. you're tailgating, but I guess maybe you could pretend that they might be overage, but yeah, I don't know. It just, it seems appalling to drink before a high school football game, even if you're an adult, um, you know, why it's not appalling to do it at a college game. I don't know, but clearly I know. It's why, why is the standard changed? And I mean, it, this could be its own topic, but it is, I mean, to the point where there's no in and out privileges because it's such a wow. an issue. Yeah. Interesting. Among the adults in the room. Again, other schools too, I'm aware of. Um, so just raising the question. Yeah. But, well, um, raising the question and raising a glass, right? It is, it is the official <laughs> kickoff to the holidays. Thanksgiving is here. It is Thanksgiving week. Um, I actually stopped by our local liquor store today to pick up Three bottles of white wine, one to cook with, two to drink with, or two to drink. Um, I kind of chuckled when I went up to the counter thinking he must know exactly what these three bottles are for because the price difference between the one we were cooking with That's and, hilarious. <laughs> and the two we were drinking was was um, not insignificant. Um, yeah. But, you know, it it is Thanksgiving. It's such an interesting week. Um, you know, college kids are coming home. That's very fun. Um, some schools give the whole week off. Some schools don't. Um, you know, N- Notre Dame happened to this week have Wednesday off, but all of my son's classes on Tuesday were canceled. Um, oh, really? I was. They yeah, were. Yes, I was. I'm. I feel like classes were never canceled. I don't want to be the. I walked uphill both <laughs> ways to school. Right. But I mean, honestly, like. Classes were never canceled. Yeah. I am yeah. shocked. Were they virtual no. or were they canceled? No, they were canceled. He, he, they were canceled. And, you know, we, we had class on Wednesday. Um, but even in high schools here. Did we? Yeah, we did. Well, I, I never went home for Thanksgiving. Um, my parents were like, we were already spending enough money for you to come out there. It, you know, you were in Arizona. You know, California is, you know, further not that much further, but it's just, you know, my point is, you know, that it's hard. I mean, right. 
for a very short weekend, especially when you're going to be home for three more weeks. So, you know, my freshman year, I stayed in the dorm. It was really like, it was a good life lesson. My roommate was from South Bend, so I did have a place to go for the meal, but it was hard. I mean, I was lonely Um, and that's okay. You know, that's, that's part of becoming an adult. Yeah, no, I had the same thing. Um, You know, we were swimming, so I had practice on Mm. Wednesday. Um, You could do practice Wednesday morning if you wanted to go home, but I'd be back for practice on Friday. Um, So I didn't go home either. Wow. Um, I stayed in South Bend. Um, I was fortunate enough, you'll enjoy this um, as a sports fan. Um, You know, the head men's basketball coach at the time at Notre Dame was John McLeod, and he had come from Arizona. He's an Arizona boy. Right, right. He had coached the Suns. Um, He had a short stint at the Knicks, um, coaching at the Knicks when my cousin played for the Knicks. And his nieces and nephews were students at my mom's school at the time. So kind of a lot of different connections there. But anyway, I was invited by him um, to go over and have Thanksgiving dinner at his house that that fall, um, which is really kind of neat looking back. It was actually really awesome. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and kind of a neat. Well, little... so you had and his daughter, Kathleen, is married to my good friend, Bob Ryan. And yeah, they, and Notre they, Dame class yep. 97. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. is so cool. We remain connected. So that's where you went. That is where yeah, I spent. Rest in peace, John McLeod. He died like maybe two years ago or a year and a half ago. I think it's been longer than that. Yeah. But what a good guy. Really, I mean, talk yeah. about kind of one of those good coaches. Um, but anyway, it's Thanksgiving week. Um, I'm home this week. I, I know you are too. Um, it's 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 just crazy to me that the holidays are here. So what do you have on store? We had school this week where I work. Were you in class or out of class or somewhere in between? Yeah, so, you know, we were probably in between land. We were, um, we maintained this week as a virtual week. So part of the rationale for that, um, so classes were, all classes met Monday and Tuesday um, to keep us sharp with our Zoom skills um, mm-hmm. because we don't know when we will need to, you know, teach in that platform again. And we assume that we will. Maybe, for example, it could be here in California, it could be fires right? The smoke, the air quality could keep people at home an earthquake or God forbid. I mean, Europe is closing down in many places again. Um, You know, we're still not done with COVID. So um, it was good in a sense to have to go back and plan a lesson virtually. Um, And then in athletics, we met, you know, we had our department, our office meeting. Um, But I sure don't want to go back to teaching that way. It is really so much better in person and students were largely disengaged um so i'm glad we had some points of contact but i would not i do not want to go back to that did i miss the commute not one bit because people are on the road i saw your picture from picking up you know um james at the airport on saturday night and when i was driving home from our football game friday night san francisco international was a zoo so um Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a case to be made for taking the week off. At the same time, I'm like, are we getting soft? You know, it is the holiday season. People are ready. Um, You know, Thanksgiving is nice because you just don't put the expectations into it. I don't know that that would change if you had a week off. But, um, yeah, it's a tough. I feel like we're losing ground on this one where it's going towards the week. And, again, I don't mind too much, but it's also like it's not Christmas yet. We will have two and a half, three weeks off at Christmas, which I cannot wait for. So 
we'll see how it goes. But um, as you know, the Irish come to town. Um, and so I always say, I'll have my family for Thanksgiving, then my Notre Dame family um, over the weekend. So a lot of people are coming. Um, Stanford's not a good opponent, but Notre Dame is a strong team. So anyone who's affiliated with Stanford is like, I don't want to go. And anyone who's affiliated with Notre Dame is like, let's do this. I'm there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good to, good to host. Always nice to host. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. you're lucky you get to do it every other year. We're looking forward already to, um, you know, hosting Notre Dame when they come to Baltimore next year for an AV. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So I, be super special. Yeah, I get it. I love that. Yeah. Well, good. Well, yeah. I, you know, we'll certainly be thinking of everyone this Thanksgiving. Um, you know, again, I can't believe it's here. We feel like we've been talking about Thanks and saints or saints and thanks for, well, obviously we have for a few weeks now, but, you know, in looking at our spiritual stew this week, um, you know, I know you're going to talk about Thanksgiving, but I just want to take it back to the weekend. Um, One of the things that I, and I know you and many, many, many people love about Notre Dame is mass after the football games. And it's something Mm. that Notre Dame has done for years it's not something that I did as part of my student experience at Notre Dame. Um, I don't know why. I just, I didn't. Um, maybe it was because I wasn't Catholic. Maybe it was because my friends didn't go. Maybe it was because I think at the time it was only offered at the Basilica. And that hmm. was just either packed or not easy to get to. But, um, you know, one of the things the Monogram Club uh, started probably about 10 years ago now, maybe a little longer, I was on the board at the time, I'm not on it anymore, was a post-game mass um, in the monogram room. So inviting all former student athletes, trainers, managers, um, monogram winners to attend mass post-game. So same same rules as, as mass everywhere else on yeah. campus, 30 minutes after the game ends. Um, there's mass. So I have, I have, that's been a part of our tradition, you know, for the past mm-hmm. decade, at least yeah. that we've been going to Notre Dame. And, and I noticed this year, um, they did not announce a post game mass, uh, in the Basilica. And I don't know if they did it or not. Um, I did notice they posted the mass times, you know, with the mass video that they show yeah. for the next right. day. Um, so I thought that was interesting and I didn't know, I don't know if that's a change, if it's permanent, if it's COVID related. Um, but I was a little nervous that we weren't going to have our monogram club post game mass. Um, so I, I sent a quick text to a friend and, and thankfully we were. So normally we have, um, some sort of athletic chaplain or some sort of priest who's affiliated with the athletic department. A lot of times it's father Pete McCormick or it's father Nate Wills. Um, you know, we've had Father Tom or Father uh, Father Doyle, Paul Doyle, yes, Father Paul. Mm-hmm. yeah, Father Paul Doyle. Um, but anyway, usually, you know, they they sort of rotate priests through the athletic department, but it's somebody associated with athletics. Well, this this past weekend, um, Father Pete couldn't make it, and so I was told that he tapped someone else to step in for him. So, you know, it doesn't matter to me who who's saying mass. But I walked in and it was a very, very, very young looking priest um, who I recognized immediately because he happens to be the rector in my son's dorm. Oh, so, my God. So Father Robert wow. was wow. just ordained a priest this past spring. Um, so wow. when James started last year in Bomber Hall, he was Deacon Robert. Um, and then of course they all wow. celebrated his, 
um, his so awesome. coordination. Yeah. And I, it was just, yeah. it made it really, you know, it's such a special mass for me anyway. It's set up in heritage, yeah. heritage hall. It's, yeah. um, you know, it's just, it's something, you know, when I, you do something long enough, it becomes tradition totally. and comfort. Yeah. And, um, it was just really kind of fun to have father Robert say mass, but I have to tell you, um, you know, and, and for our Catholic friends who are listening to this, they, they will appreciate it. Although really, I think any churchgoer will, um, father Robert stood up to give his homily and he said, so father Pete told me that this, that it needs to be less than 30 minutes. And he was speaking about the mass and not just my homily. And then, Anne he gave the shortest homily mm. I, I think I have ever listened to. It might have been 45 hmm. seconds. To the point where wow. I am embarrassed to admit that I was still kind of chuckling about the fact that Father Pete had actually told him that the mass needed to be less than 30 minutes. And it was. It was 23. But oh I know that I wasn't even tuned in to the beginning of his homily because I was just slow in my thought process, still thinking about what he had said. And then he sat down. So. Holy all I knew was that he mentioned it needed to be short. I know he mentioned that it was the weekend, you know, we were celebrating Christ the King. He mentioned that Advent is starting the following weekend, and that was all I caught. Oh, my gosh. So my spiritual wow. stew is to... Um, it's, it's a lean stew. It, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a broth. Yeah, um, exactly. But but the whole... But the, the, the sentiment and the everything that surrounded that I clearly did not get a lot out of the homily that was my fault I should yeah. have paid closer attention wow. um, but for me I just I loved being back there yeah. at mass in person and that feeling of being in a familiar yeah. place being with people that you care about you know again the family sure. that we create Yes, yeah. that was really meaningful for me, and and really kind of a neat way to neat way to kick off, um, you know, to kick off Advent. Um, it's it's here. Yeah. It's starting. So well, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it reminds me of my um, former pastor who died. Maybe I don't know. I'm obviously not great with time when people passed two years ago. He was re renowned for a very short mass in his homily and i actually i always wished he had said a little more it's funny because the joke i mean always among church going people is you know keep it short no one's ever going to complain if it's too short and i actually like officially did lodge a complaint like i do need something to chew on you know i mean the gospel could serve itself and i'll talk about the gospel but it's like yeah, the whole point is to connect it to our lives and to the community and how it relates to today, which is called critical correlation. So um, God bless Father Robert <laughs> and his ability to adhere to the letter and the spirit of the law, yep. so to speak. But um, we had Mass as a faculty on Friday. Um, it was a Thanksgiving liturgy. It's quite meaningful. And um, it was a really nice way to just kind of end this first, you know, end the month and, you know, prepare us into the Thanksgiving break, knowing that most people were not on campus. And the um, priest said that the the reading on Sunday is what they usually have for Thanksgiving. So obviously Thanksgiving is an American holiday. Canada has its own, but, you know, I don't know that the universal church readings 
always abide by that, but maybe the American bishops always include. It's um, Luke chapter 17. It's the cleansing of the lepers. And I was thinking about that because there's a case to be made for reading scripture as part of a book, like, you know, the gospel of Luke in its entirety, because you get the name of the story, so to speak. Whereas if you're just hearing it in the Sunday reading as the gospel standing alone, you don't have that title unless the presider speaks to the title of the reading. But um, what a great homily. People are familiar with it. Jesus is cured, you know, 10 lepers. Only one comes back to to give thanks. And um, I've written about it. I've spoken about it before. But, like, to me, it's that challenge to be the 10%, right? Be that 10%. Be the one who does come back and give thanks. But in talking to a friend recently, his attitude about uh, attitude about gratitude is that, you know, Thankfulness and gratitude always bring us back to Christ, right? They, When we appreciate something, when we're grateful, it brings us back to God. Why? Because God is the source of all goods and all goodness. God is the creator of all that we've been given. So I just, for some reason, that, you know, nugget of wisdom, that, that piece of stew really sat with me. Like, yeah, um, when I am grateful... How do I bring it back to Christ? What am, you know, how am I going back to the Lord to say thank you? And and not just appreciating something right here, but really bringing it back to God. And that can be part of our takeaways is to be intentional about that um, with our thanks and our thanksgiving. Yeah, I love that. Now, do you normally go to Mass on Thanksgiving Day? Is that part of something that you do? So it's interesting because for 16 years, when I was at St. Ignatius, I ran the turkey trot. I literally organized it and all the money goes to St. Anthony's and it's a great event. Um, But my parish does have mass and afterwards the men's club always has a killer breakfast and they do it to get the men out of the house, you know, because they cook and the, the assumption is there's only so much space for people in the kitchen. So some of these men is eggs, you know, bacon, sausage. We didn't have it last year, and we're not having it again this year. So I've been gone from Turkey Trotland for three years. I will go to Mass this Sunday. I've gone to Mass every – I guess last year I didn't go to Mass because it, it would have been virtual. Um, but I went – I do like I do like to go if I can go. Yeah. How about you? You know, no, I haven't. Um, you know, again, it wasn't part of my upbringing, um, and I guess it just hasn't been anything I continue. I will say – for better or worse, and I'm sure this is worse and wrong, worse and worser. I'm sure those aren't words, but um, <laughs> you know, my sister was born on Thanksgiving Day. So, oh, yeah, that's kind of fun. It is. I mean, of course, it's not the same every year, yes, right? Right, right, um, right. So her birthday is actually the 24th, and the 24th when she was born was Thanksgiving Day. So we have kind of a running joke in my family, which, again, is is it shouldn't be a joke, but it unfortunately is. Um my brother and I went with my aunt and uncle and my cousins to spend the day with them while my mom was and my both my parents were in the hospital when my sister was born. And my aunt and uncle are are not Catholic. They are evangelical Christian. They are very devout mm-hmm. in their faith. They always have been. Mm. And they spend mm. actually all day on Thanksgiving at church. So they have oh, really yes all day yes they go in the morning and they have Bible study and then they have lunch together and then they do something in the afternoon and then they cook dinner together and then they have dinner and so 
the day my sister was born, we spent all day at church with them. Oh, and no. I, I, oh, my gosh. brother would tell you he's gone to church on Thanksgiving enough in that one day, probably to last his whole life. Of course, you know, this again, my brother was 10. I was five when my sister was born. So okay. not probably for, 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 for those of us, as my brother and I were, who were raised to go to church on Sunday for an hour. And that was really all we did in terms of any sort of, you know, spiritual or faith life. Spending all day at church was, um, I don't want to say traumatic, but um, it, it was it was very different. And um, sure. so we always talk about, you know, of course, the year Mary Frances was born. We spent all day at church. And um, I, I feel badly looking back now thinking how horrible that was, because really, how amazing is that? Um, yeah. That they welcomed us into their tradition as opposed to... Um, you know, just doing, yeah. doing what we wanted well, to do. Um, so yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've learned a yeah. lot from my aunt and uncle, my aunt in particular, um, you know, she's one of the most faithful people that I know. And I, you know, I, mm. I look to her often for being a role model, yeah. um, not a role model enough to where I've taken my children to mass or church all day <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Um, but I, I admire those, um, for whom that's a big part of their faith. Absolutely. Yeah, no, the practice of their faith. And it's hard with kids. I mean, developmentally, you know, there's a way to kind of ease people into it, I think. So we'll give you a grace. We'll give you a pass. And yeah, My five-year-old self. I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's such a true truism for a family, though. Something like that, that would live large in our family, too. So yeah. But I would Anyhow. like to, you know, as we move through this week and, you know, I'm so excited for Advent. As you know, it's one of my favorite times of year. Yeah. It might be my favorite time of year ever. Um, but, you know, the, it is Thanksgiving and we do have so much to be grateful for. Um, but I think we're also reminded of of those people who are hurting, um, you know, these holidays. And, you know, I'm thinking in particular of, of, you know, loved ones and friends I know who have lost loved ones and, um, are without people who, you know, have made the holidays special for them. And, um, that's, that's harder than we know. Um, and so I, I think we need to be mindful of, of those who are hurting and those who are alone, um, not only physically alone, but spiritually alone and emotionally alone, um, it's, I agree. This, this can be a real challenging yep. time for so many people. Um, so I think, yeah. you know, my, my, my melting pot, my takeaway is to just remember to be so, so grateful for every hug, every prayer, every mm. cheer of any football game mm-hmm. I watch, um, you know, any yeah. fireball shot you do with someone else, right? Anything that brings us sure. together, I think we need to be so mindful and grateful of that. And, you know, and really give glory, um, you know, to, mm-hmm. to God in terms of everything we have, because that's there's, true. there's so much hurt that's going, that's taking place out there. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got to share with a friend, um, that a mutual friend had a baby and I was like, you know, and he's like, thank you so much for telling me. And I said, you know, it's really nice to be able to share good news, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it's true. We, um, it's not that I don't want to share the bad news. I, a friend's husband died and then my friend's father died. And I, I think it's very important to tell people. And, and I, I don't mind sharing that because it's just a really, 
you know, time to reflect on what that person who's hurting, what they mean in your life and what that loss means to them and to you. So, you know, both can be grace filled places, but, um, it is when we can, so like, I love like what you said, if we can celebrate the cheers, you know, and then, um, toast the ones who, you know, here's to them who left us and, pray for those who are hurting. So uh, thank you for the reminder. Absolutely. Well, I always say, you know, the the community that shows up when you're hurting is the community that you give to and celebrate when life is good. So, you know, all those moments are important. Um, you know, the bonding moments that we celebrate that bind us together, that those are the the same people and and moments that get us through the tough times. So, you know, we, sh- we shouldn't feel guilty when, when life is good. We just need to remember to be grateful um, and to remember that life will not always um, yeah, be that right. good. <laughs> and Christ will be there either way. So Absolutely. Well, thank you, Haley. Thank you for your friendship and for the opportunity to contribute to our podcast. It's always a delight. Yeah. And, I and am... thanks to our listeners Absolutely. for their are... support. We are thankful for, for them as well, and we look forward to, to moving into Advent next week. Happy Thanksgiving, Anne. And you are looking forward to it. Me too. <laughs> and, uh, it is. It's a great time of year. So thanks. Happy turkey. Gobble, gobble. Happy <laughs> say. Bye-bye.